Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast. And we, and when I say we, I mean myself and my good friend Casey Hall, we are going to throw something new, something different, something we've never really done. Well, I guess we did it with the with the last dance, didn't we, Case? We we did kind of something like this. Yeah, we talked about those episodes a little bit. Okay. So we are going to uh, talk about, each week for the next 10-ish weeks, I think, uh, the HBO series Winning Time about the formation of the 1980s Los Angeles Lakers as uh, men of, and, and we won't give our exact ages out, Coach, but, uh, you know, this is something we rem- uh, reminds us fondly of our childhoods and of uh, growing up in the cornfields of Iowa and seeing the Lakers rise to dominance and all of that fun stuff. So we're going to take a look at this. We're going to kind of break down the episodes. We're going to talk. we got a few categories that we've got worked out. Uh, if there's, Let me be the first to say, if there's anything that anybody wants to add or if there's anybody that thinks, hey, this would be a great category for uh, the show to talk about when we're, when we're all said and done with it each week, you know, let us know. And uh, but we just want to have some fun with this. We just want to do something a little bit different uh, that we don't normally do on a pen and a napkin. And Casey's kind of my go-to guy for just experimenting with some stuff and doing some stuff different than the the normal coaching stuff. Although Casey will be on this week later on for a roundtable pod uh, down in Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, we'll be going with that. So, Mr. Hall, are you ready, my friend? Yep, let's get ready to roll. All right. So for those of you that don't know, this this show is actually based on a book uh, from 2014 called Showtime. And it was written by a guy named Jeff Perlman. And I actually read the book. And it's a really, really good book. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's produced by uh, the main person that kind of brought this to light was Adam McKay. Uh, he was the guy that gave us like Step Brothers and Anchorman and The Big Short uh, worked a lot with Will Ferrell and and all of that type of thing, and so it is laid out to set the 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 story of the 1980s Lakers from start to finish here. So, uh, you know, case I guess just overall thoughts. What what are some things that you found interesting or that you interpreted? Um, you know, some things that you didn't anticipate seeing in the show. Uh, just kind of, just let's start off with something and let's see where it takes us. Um, I, I, I thought it was an okay show. I mean, it's the first episode. You don't know what to expect mm-hmm. uh, and where it's going to go and how it's going to start off. But I thought it was all right. Um, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, I'm hoping they get better as they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of just learning the frontline story of how Jerry Buss kind of came involved with the Lakers and just kind of threw his money out there on the table without even, well, I guess the little, the little money he had. I was just going to say, he, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, uh, definitely did not have as much money as one would think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Throwing his little money out there that he had to try to buy the Lakers. Um, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I didn't realize that he had money, but not, not enough to purchase the Lakers in the first place. Uh, but I thought that was kind of, that was kind of shocking a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, it, you know 
yeah, the the, the the this episode was the 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 overriding theme was bus buying the Lakers. You know that that was a a big part of of th- that was the main storyline, the a plot, I guess we'll call it, of the show this week was Jerry Bus buying the Lakers and everything he had to do to to purchase the team. And uh, they said that they bought it for sixty seven point five million dollars. Uh, which today that seems like a bargain. I mean, he could, you know, the Bus family, if they wanted to sell it today, I'm sure they could probably get. What do you think? Three and a half, four billion dollars for it if they wanted yeah. to. Yeah, billions for sure. Yeah. Well, what's his name uh, from the Clippers? He bought that for like two billion ish. Uh, just you know, a few years ago when when the Sterling thing happened. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was to, to me that you know that was the a plot. Uh, the entire uh, the entire episode uh, was was that, and then there was some b, and then the major B episode was you know Irvin Johnson deciding on whether or not he was actually going to turn pro, um, which you know I didn't realize uh, that he had so much doubt about him. Uh, come himself coming into the league, you, you see Irvin Johnson, and you think he's this charismatic, overconfident guy. And apparently, he had some some real second doubts about possibly coming into the league. And you know, he proved himself and everybody else wrong. That if anybody that doubted him, so um, you know that that was that was uh, an interesting thing as well. Um, I I uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, they started off with the, the very first scene of the, the show was Magic Johnson leaving the hospital, uh, finding out about his HIV-positive diagnosis. Obviously, they didn't say it. Nobody really said anything. Uh, but we know what November 5th and November 6th, 1991 was like. Uh, it was a day that, that shook the world. Do you, remember, you know, do you remember where you were when you found out about Magic's HIV-positive diagnosis? I was probably in school, mm-hmm. probably in, I mean, in school or if I didn't hear it at school, I heard on the news that that night getting home from practice or something. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just kind of weird thinking that, man, that was 30 years ago, roughly, or just a little over 30 years now. Yeah, yeah, it has been. I remember I was driving to practice because we only had one gym at our high school. So mm-hmm. it was the old early late thing, and yeah. we had late practice. And a teammate flagged me down as I was driving down the street. He's like, "Oh my God, Magic Johnson has AIDS and and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Now shut up, really? Come on, this is stupid." You know, it's like, "No, really, they announced it. He had a press conference, all this other stuff." And you know, you, you and I growing up in the '80s, I mean, you know, AIDS was a death sentence. You know, yeah. and and when when he got or when he announced that he was HIV positive, everybody just assumed that he was just gonna shrivel up and die within a few years. And and I thought it was kind of a powerful statement that like I I, I imagine we are going to see some scenes because there's some stuff in the book that goes into pretty graphic detail of uh, we'll just call it Irvin's um, social life uh, yeah. that. You know, 
he's he's going to you know it, it's going to be pretty obvious as to uh, he gave himself plenty of a chances to acquire the virus uh, through his lifestyle, uh, but you know that's what we all thought. I know that's what I was thinking. I'm sure that's probably what you thought too, right, Case? Oh yeah, I mean at that time and the year it was. I mean, no one knew it was going to happen. Um, besides what you've heard happen for everybody else mm-hmm. uh, that he was probably going to die or become sick, illy sick. And who knows what was going to happen, but yeah, it was, I mean, the way they started out, the, this episode was kind of like, kind of brings back memories. Like, Oh man, you kind of forget that he had HIV because mm-hmm. it's been so long and he survived and li- gone on to live a, very well and healthy, wealthy life. Mm -hmm. But man, it's just kind of crazy to go back and look at that and see that. And now, like I haven't read the book like you have, but it's kind of, it's kind of like intriguing to find out kind of like what everything happened and what everything went on for him as he kept on, continued to play with the Lakers and Mm -hmm. became more of a movie star, NBA star. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, they they addressed the racism issue uh, very early in it between him and him and Larry Bird. And a lot, and he, a lot, and a and a lot. Um, I was kind of, I kind of threw me threw me for a loop a little bit. Mm-hmm. Why is um, that? I don't know. I mean, I guess I mean I think one is now just the time our times now. It's kind of still you have some of that black and white thing that's been going on a lot lately in the news or outside. And uh, like you had the Lamar Jackson thing that just came up with the Baltimore Ravens saying about black quarterbacks are still not being looked at as future stars of the NFL. Just kind of makes you think like, man, this was going on in 79, 80, and it's still happening now in mm-hmm. 2022. Yeah. Well, and just, just the assumptions of, yeah. of everything. And, you know, I'm going to probably refer a lot as we do these, Casey, to the sports history class that I used to teach at my old job. Mm-hmm. Um, but what people don't realize is that Magic and Bird were a lot more alike than they were different. Uh, they were both great passers and reluctant shooters, even though Bird was a better shooter. Uh, they Neither one of them were great athletes. Uh, Magic was not a great athlete. I mean, he wasn't Michael Jordan or Dominique Wilkins of that era, sword and fly, not even like a Bernard King of that time period. You know, right. he, he was... Uh, he was a great leader. Uh, they were both leaders in their own way, but you know, there was, there was so much more, uh, that they were alike than they were different, but everybody wanted to position it as bird versus magic and black versus white, uh, where they were, you know, in many ways, one and the same in what they wanted to do. They were both focused on winning. They didn't care how they got there. They were both willing to play second fiddle to other guys every once in a while, you know, so, uh, but but the public at large looked at it as Magic is black and he's from Los Angeles and, and Larry is white and he's from Boston. And, yep. and especially with Boston's history of, of racial tensions 
and some things that have happened there. Uh, you know, the Red Sox were the last team to desegregate in the late fifties, and and so I, I think obviously that's going to play out as as the series moves forward as well. So, yeah. Um, what do you think of uh, like the 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 editing and and that type of stuff and and how they put the show together? That was kind of cool. Just I mean, kind of getting those like the old movie clips. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of the some of the pictures and stuff that was kind of cool and then i mean a lot of the i mean you had people that were famous back in the that time that were on there and they they kind of got lookalikes for them i mean with diana ross that mm-hmm. the lady that played her i mean i know it wasn't a close-up but man looked just like her <laughs> for for a quick two and a half second clip from a ways away yeah yeah that was really good but um, I thought I kind of liked that. It kind of brought a little more um, older kind of scene to it um, and kind of showed like, I don't know, I just kind of liked how that just kind of looked like it was an old reel. You put on a, like we'd watch in school where you put it on the reel and just it'd spin through and you'd watch a movie up on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like the old, uh, like, like if you if the teacher rolled in the old movie projector, the reel, the yes, reel. That's what I was thinking. I couldn't think of the word word with the reels and everything. Yeah. yeah. See, if you're a history teacher, you know exactly how to run a, a any type of a video machine. Uh, yeah. You know, I I think that's it's just it just comes with your blood there, and uh, uh, yeah, that old reel to reel look kind of uh, changed things up as well. So. Um, I kind of liked, you know, as they introduced people, uh, you know, uh, you know, they would say, you know, Jerry West and Blankety. And I got a lot to say about Jerry West, by the way. Uh, but, you know, Jerry West, you know, he's he's really he's really a nice guy unless you know him or whatever they put underneath right. that there. I, I thought that was really funny in some spots as well. I, I, I like that part of the editing. Uh, yeah, some uh, of those were pretty good. Just kind of throwing like Donald Sterling under the bus a little bit and but he really did do that did you notice when when they introduced him at the party and he went up and like felt his arms and stuff yeah yeah he did that though that's just weird yeah yeah like and that's why a lot of players didn't want to play because he would like come into the locker room when the guys were done showering after games and he would like do stuff like that. Just touch or randomly grab their arm or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, just obviously a creepy dude, but yeah. Um, uh, speaking of creepy, um, I did not anticipate seeing John C. Riley's backside in the first ninety seconds of the show. Yeah, no, that was that was not um, what I was <laughs> wanting to see to start it out. Uh, I didn't know where it was going to go from there, but. I'm glad it. That that's the only time we saw it. Hopefully, we don't see it again. <laughs> well, yeah. It, it, even my my uh, Carla was watching it with me for the first few minutes. She's like, "What is going on with this show?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they're. I think they're trying to establish some things about Doctor Bus's social life. I, I think. Yeah, the the beginning was a little bit. Um... I wasn't ready for that. Let's just say. Yeah, yeah. That the way it started out with Doctor Bus. Yeah, that. Uh, if you weren't ready, that 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 was kind of Game of Thrones esque. Like we're gonna grab your attention right here, right now. That's for sure. They did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
How about uh, Jack Kent Cook? What do you think of him? You know, it's it's kind of weird because I've kind of forgot about him. I mean, because he hasn't been around that long. I mean, he hasn't been, in modern day. He hasn't been known ever since he sold um, the Lakers to him. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of, kind of forgot about him and everything that he was with the Lakers, where he really didn't know much about basketball it seemed like he was there for the money but Mm -hmm. then he got himself in enough trouble that he didn't have any money yeah so he had to do anything he needed to to well pay off his wife for divorce but also to have money yeah i looked this up after the show you know how much he paid her in alimony Uh uh-uh 42 million dollars jesus and that and that and that was uh that was in 1979 money. Uh, today, and this is on Wikipedia here, so I'm cheating, and I get yeah. this. So uh, today, it's that's 150 million dollars in in wait no 100 God I can't read 150 million dollars today. Now that's nothing compared to what you know, like I'm sure like Melinda Gates made off of her divorce. You know, and I don't want to say she made off of her. Here's a fun fact for you. You know who the trial judge was? In his divorce case? No. Judge Wapner from the People's Court. Really? Yes. According to Wikipedia, and Wikipedia is never wrong, but right. uh, yeah, that's what it says. So Holy cow. Yeah. So another thing with him was I didn't I mean I was I didn't realize that he was kinda straightforward and wasn't really much of a fan of magic no. to start. No, well, and and he, you know, he's just that classic. I mean, that there's a reason why rich people are rich most of the time, is because they want to make sure they get the best deal every single time. Yeah, and so he's going to be cheap. You know, a magic. You know, they had the scene where they were negotiating at the uh, at the dinner table there. Yeah, and you know, magic was throwing his numbers out, and he was like, "There's no way we're going to pay," you know, and 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 he was just. You know, it was more of an ego than it was about the money. Uh, yeah, to me. And, and it could have been a black-white situation as well. Well, yeah, you know, and, and that is why, uh, you know, like like scenes like that are the reason why uh, there's a lot of African-American players and, and, and athletes in all sorts of uh, professional sports that are very sensitive and, and rightfully so about the way they are treated by people like Jack Kent Cook. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anything else just on the overall, overall uh, thing here? I, I thought they, I thought it was interesting. The, the the one of the things I thought they did a pretty good job of is kind of laying the groundwork of how, uh, you know, what a what bad shape the NBA was in in the late seventies, and yeah. I'm sure they're going to show more of that with like uh, the drug abuse. And the fighting, and the, you know, obviously they talked about the racism, um, and and uh, they talked about the racism r- racism on the floor, uh, but also that a lot of people did not want to pay a lot of money for tickets to go see what they thought were 
uh, you know, quote unquote, lazy players who weren't playing hard. You know, they had the scene, they, they recreated the scene from Airplane, which I liked uh, with yeah. Kareem, you know, and the, you know, the classics with the little kids, you know, my dad says you only play hard in the playoffs and all this other stuff. But that was the perception of a lot of people, too. And, and yep. they kind of laid some of that groundwork for that as well. Yeah. Um, two, two characters I thought were kind of intriguing because you, I mean, one of them you kind of forgot about, but forget about, but like Jeannie Buss, mm-hmm. um, her coming up to her dad and saying, hey, I want to be involved and him asking her a draft question. She pretty much answered it right off. And I think we're going to get more. I mean, we know we're probably gonna, she's how she's going to get more involved in everything, but just kind of how she kind of finagled her way into being part of the Lakers, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could be an integrated, interesting plot line. I mean, I know she won't be that old, but just hers continuing to be involved, that'll be kind of interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then um, the whole Norman Nixon situation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to get to that. That was kind of surprising because i kind of forgot all about him being there for that long yeah yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna get to we're gonna get to norm nixon uh and 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 it's not norm nixon's fault by the way did you know that the guy that plays norm nixon is his bio is that's his son yeah i did i did read that before uh i had read that oh the other day when i was kind of going through some of the plot scenarios or what they're going to talk about in the film yeah 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 so what Casey and I talked about uh, before we started taping this is is we have about uh, six different categories that we want to talk uh, about uh, during the show or what happened during the show, and we may expand on this as we go through it. Uh, but we're going to start with these six categories, and we'll go through them one by one. Um, and uh, so, best scene of the episode. Uh, I had one, two, three, four. Uh, I had four scenes for the best scenes. Uh, you want me to go through it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, in the order that it occurred in the show, and I think I might have got two of these backwards here, but um, my four favorite scenes, uh, right at the beginning when Bus, uh, w- when Dr. Bus is trying to buy the Lakers at the beginning of the show, and he's going through all the numbers, and he's doing this, and he's talking about how he's got to move stuff around, and... You know, he's got to come up with $15 million in 30 days or whatever it was. Uh, I really enjoyed that because I enjoy uh, the basketball business side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, second scene, um, I'm a, uh, I, I have these in right order now. Uh, Norm Nixon in the salon, and the ladies are giving him crap about they're going to draft magic and you're going to be out of a job and, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, third scene... Uh, Jerry West on the golf course, uh, just <laughs> I loved it. Uh, yes, and, that was very good. And then uh, the final negotiation uh, between uh, Doctor Bus and Jack Kent Cook, where they where they make the deal for for Bus to buy the Lakers. Those were my four favorite scenes. What about you? Um, I think the negotiation one of one of my favorites is the negotiation where they were sitting there having dinner. Oh, okay. Uh, I just, I just kind of liked how Magic didn't back down. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying, "I'm worth this much. I should get this." And I mean, and then kind of how Bus was trying to be like, "Hey, 
I get you, but Cook had no clue what was going on. Yeah, and that was evident. And, and I, you know, that is what I, I have a feeling they're going to show us what made Dr. Bus, Dr. Bus is yeah. he he could read the tea leaves, he could read the, the 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 social situation, and he understood how to communicate with people and how to hit them in the in the right right place and have them understand that he was on their side. So I agree with yeah. you there. So uh, the other one was the negotiation one at the table um, there at the end where Bus bought it. I just kind of I I thought it was hilarious how he was sitting there saying, well. Whatever you do, it doesn't matter. Your wife's not going to take your money or she's going to ask for more and you're not still not going to have enough to pay her for all the alimony. I thought that was pretty good how he just bargained his way or swindled his way into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I thought my favorite one was when Magic was saying, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to go to the – or I'm going to go back to college. Um, and Bus is walking him out. And he says he gets lost, but then it's right in front of the locker room and right near the floor, and you got Magic on the floor doing what he did as a kid, just playing make believe one on one, one on zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was that, that was my favorite scene of the night. That was your favorite scene. Yeah, yeah. My favorite scene was Jerry West on the golf course. I mean, I just i. I was laughing out loud listening to him drop f bomb after f bomb. <laughs> I mean, he was so he was so pissed, and he just kept going and going. And uh, he he invented new ways to use the f word that that I haven't seen in a while since some of my buddies growing up back home. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and he just and and again, this is not my last time for bringing up Jerry West. Uh, but I was just, I was dying laughing just listening to, because to, you think of Jerry West and he's co- this calm, cool, collected guy. And he's, you know, he's the logo. It's Jerry West. Yep. And, and <laughs> you know, he's just, he must have dropped 20 F-bombs in three minutes. Oh, at least, yes. You know? He was going, he was on a good, good burner there. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that was my favorite scene. Um, and, and, you know, and it had a, a real, cause uh, you know, I'm not saying that it happens to that level, but those are, are realistic. Those, those are disagreements that coaches have with one another about teams and people get passionate about who's going to be on this team or who we're going to have or who we're going to play here and there. And, uh, you know, it just carries out on a five-star golf course with, with Jerry West breaking his, his putter and, and having to go in the clubhouse and buy a new one. And, you know, yeah. You know he's quitting the Lakers and all this other stuff. So, yeah. Um, so your your favorite scene uh, was Magic going back to college. Uh, my favorite scene was Jerry West blowing up on the golf course. So, um, worst scene of the night. Which 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 I have two. Uh, um, and so I'll but I'll let you go first on this one since I went first on the last one. Uh, what were your two least favorite scenes of the, or what were your least favorite scenes of the night? I have two. Oh man. Um, I mean, I did I liked how, I mean, I did, but I didn't like the opening scene with Jerry Buss and we're getting the moonshot. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, but I liked, but I liked how he talked about, and so it was kind of two part. Like I liked how he was talking about, basketball and how it's kind of gone downhill and mm-hmm. he's like i'm gonna go buy it and turn it into the greatest show and all that 
but then I didn't like uh, the moonshot and kind of where it was. But I, I mean, that it kind of makes you understand what that the night seventy nine and eighty were like, mm-hmm. the people and everything. Um, another one was uh, when Cook called in his. Oh, I can't even think of her name now. When he had the steak dinner. And he oh. was just blowing, blowing up at her for no reason just because he can't figure out how to run a team. Mm-hmm. That was probably my other one I didn't like. The two that I didn't like, um, and and one of them, the first one I'm going to mention, I understand uh, why they have to have it in there because it's, it's going to be really important to the overriding arc, I'm sure. Um, it's it's the scene where where Magic finds out that the Lakers get the number one draft pick, and him and Cookie are out on the front porch, and they're and they're talking out there, and and I and like I said, I know I get it. Um, you know, Cookie's famous because she's married to Magic, and you know, going back to when Magic announced that he was HIV and and she was pregnant, and and it was just you know all of those different things that happened with it. So I understand why it was in there, and and it's you know it was establishing for other people um, that don't know the whole story of Magic Johnson, you know, that him and Cookie go all the way back to college and stuff. So I get that, why that was in there. Um, I hate my least favorite scene, far and away. Um, Why did we waste four minutes of the episode with Magic Johnson and Norm Nixon playing one-on-one on Norm on on Donald Sterling's basketball court in front of 200 people for no reason other than to make it this big sports movie, uh, you know, you know every 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 bad sports movie. And I don't, you know, we're just we would just watch one episode, but that to me is just lazy to to have a scene in there like that. Like that just drove me nuts. That never happens in real life. Did, did no. your two best players ever play one on one because they hated each other after a practice or anything like that? No. No. Well and that's I think I, I could be wrong. That might have been the only scene that there was actual basketball played in the whole There wasn't the much. Whole, I mean we didn't see much basketball played at all if if I mean, if it was, it was they were trying to show shy highlights of mm-hmm. Magic in college or as Jer- Jerry West like, playing the Celtics in the sixties. Yeah, Jerry West playing on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was not a good scene at all. Yeah. So, would you agree that's maybe the worst scene? Yeah, yeah, I'd probably say so. Yeah, yeah. I just that's just sports movie cliche. 101. I mean, I'm not a screenwriter, and that's what you can come up with. Oh, gosh, the the old guy doesn't like the new guy coming in and trying to take his job, so he's going to try and show him up. Oh, come on. You know, geez. You know, that happened in the program between the two running backs, and that happened in the natural with uh, Roy Hobbs and the guy that ended up killing himself by running through the fence. And, uh, you know, all that other. I mean, come on. Seriously? You know, so... I, I, I hated that part of it. So, um, Next category, grade the basketball realism from A to F. So A plus, highest, you know, couldn't be any better. F couldn't be any lower. Um, I gave it a C for the limited amount of basketball that they had in it. Um, I thought it was 
I thought they, here's something that caught my eye, and I don't know why, but it was only for like a second and a half. So they were showing that montage with Jerry West losing to the Lakers, or yeah. losing to the Celtics six different times in the 60s. And mm-hmm. one of the things I noticed in the background is in one of the Celtics celebrations, there was Don Nelson back there in a number 19. I was like, oh man, they even they even hit him having the right number. That Don Nelson had this oddball uh, number. Yeah. Uh, number 19 and they had him in the background in there um you know so i was like oh man that that's pretty good that's pretty sharp that they were that they threw that in there um the coin flip scene um kind of tells you how much of a of a you know just tractor fire or tra- you know trash fire dumpster fire the nba was at that time that Hey, we're gonna decide who the number one pick is with a with a coin flip, and we're gonna do it over the phone, and you're just gonna have to trust us that it landed heads or tails. Um, I thought that was actually pretty realistic because that was the NBA at that time. If you read anything yes. about it, um, it's just crazy how far it's come since then. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I wrote down: there's no way Norm Nixon and Magic Johnson are gonna play one on one at a party. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So that right. they get negative points for that. I don't know if you noticed it. So you pointed out that scene. You pointed out that scene uh, at the end where Magic is out there playing one on zero with himself and, you know, doing mm-hmm. what he did when he was a little kid. Did you yeah. notice the three point line at the Fabulous Forum? Yeah, I did. Where was I it? That it was. Uh... Wasn't it where it was the college line, wasn't it? The old college line. Yeah. yeah. The current high school line at 199. Yeah. So great editing for Don Nelson's jersey, but bad editing to not put the three-point line at the at the right distance away from the basket. Yeah. So I'm glad I wasn't the I'm, I, I thought I might trick you on that one, Case. I saw I I saw it there, but I I couldn't tell like if it was how far it was. I didn't know what the NBA was at that time because it only been around for how long in the NBA by then. I think it was. I think the first year was seven. It was either seventy eight, seventy nine, or seventy nine, eighty. So it only just been there for a year, maybe. Yeah, but it's but it's been. It used to be farther back. Now I think it's slightly in uh, from where it used to be. Uh, yeah. they, they moved it way in at one point, uh, and now they've moved it back out uh, in between what it what it was and what it used to be. So, uh, so I gave I gave the basketball stuff a C. I'm going to give that a a break. I, it looks like you know, like next week they're going to start getting into more basketball stuff with I'm guessing you know training camp stuff and an actual game footage and and things like that or you know not actual game but you know they're going to try and recreate game footage so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a c for this week what what was your grade Uh, i was between a c and a d just there wasn't much there um i was kind of open to see a little bit more but i knew they had to get the back backstory and everything into it i liked the i liked learning some of the business parts of it where bus had to by the Lakers and what all came transpired with that. That was kind of cool to see or he listen to and learn about. Um, but I just, I was kind of open to see a little more basketball, but I understand where they are trying to get the backstory in on how bus got involved. And then him and his, him and magic's relationship mm-hmm. uh, began. And then 
I think, I think, like you said, I think we'll start seeing more. Um, I think it could just vary depending on um, episodes, where they're at, and what they're trying to show us all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I think that'll really kick into high gear, like when Riley takes over as head coach and yep. all that stuff. So, um, all right, the next category, and I got to explain this one a little bit. Uh, our next category is who made the most out of the 1980s and survived award. Uh, and so, uh, I at some point, and again, if it depends on how true they stay to the book, and I kind of referred to this a little bit earlier, uh, things are going to get pretty decadent here uh, at, at, at some point if they stay true to what Perlman wrote in the book. And it, and it, it, it probably won't be for the faint of heart, uh, to say the least. Uh, so each week we wanted to take a look at, you know, the eighties are famous for excess and living crazy lifestyles, uh, whether that's the, the old sex, drugs and rock and roll, uh, type of thing or whatever it may be. I think this episode is going to be one of our tamer episodes of what we're going to see when it comes to that type of thing. Uh, so that's what I mean with the, who made it, who made the most out of the eighties and yet still survived it awards, uh, award for the week. Um, I think there's only one choice for me, but I'll, I'll, what do you think, Casey? I must say Jerry Buss. Yep. I mean, he, he, he was living a good life. It looked like for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, again, the first uh, two, two and a half minutes of him waking up at the Playboy Mansion and and uh, as, as you lovingly referred to his moonshot uh, very quickly there, uh, you know, we, we kind of got a, a glimpse of the lifestyle that, that Dr. Buss talked about. And they made the, the, the one girl said something when they got to Dar- Donald Sterling's party about mixing the champagne or something like that. Uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, we'll teach him that. We'll teach him that, you know, type yeah. of thing. So, um so I think this week it's 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 a really easy one. Uh, uh, the winner is Doctor Jerry Buss for the who made the who made the most out of the 1980s and survived award week uh, this week. So um, next uh, we got two categories left. Um, Casey, what coaching point or what coaching concept are you going to steal from this episode? Um, well, there wasn't a lot of coaching involved no. besides them listening to Jerry West. Um, some of Jerry West things, I kind of, I get what he was saying, but like now in our time, it doesn't matter how tall you are or how short you are mm-hmm. um, dribbling the ball and stuff. So that was kind of, it made me laugh just to think like, you can't have a six nine guy be a point guard. You need to be six two because they can't beat the you're gonna dribble the ball too high and don't have great hands. But now you look at men's and women's basketball. I mean, you've got girls that are six three, six four that are playing point guard or and then you've got guys that are six eight, six nine that are playing point guards just like Magic was. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know if that's a point to take away, but it just makes me think like how much the times have changed and you can't just be stuck in your, a point guard has to be shorter than 5'5 five five or 5'8 five or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a center has to be over six foot tall for, for us anyway, for girls. 
I mean, you've got to be able to have, you got to be open to anything and everything. I mean, you got to put your best players on the floor to find a way to win. If you put six, six footers out and they can all driver, that's great. If you have to put five, five, eight girls out there to win a game, then you got to find a way to do it that way. Yeah. Uh, Well, it was interesting. He was going over uh, his, his, and I'm using air quotes here, his scouting reports. And, you know, today, you know, he's got his laptop on or he's sitting in some room and they got some big screen rolling and they've got the film cuts and all this other stuff. And it looked like he just had a bunch of sheets of paper with stats on them. Yeah. You know, which today, you know, at that level, that's completely unheard of. That's completely unheard of. Um, Who, uh, he, uh, the other player that he was mentioned with, or, or, you know, uh, who, um, Jerry West wanted to draft whom, Mr. Hall? Sidney Moncrief. Sidney Moncrief, you bet. Which was one of my dad's favorite players of the 80s. So, And Sidney Moncrief was an awesome player. Uh, yeah, he absolutely. was good. Yeah, he was really good. Um, some notable other players. Take, uh, Magic was taken first. Uh, Sidney Moncrief. You, you want to take a guess what, uh, what draft pick Sidney Moncrief was overall? He dropped out of the top 10, didn't he? Nope. He was top ten. Oh, he was. I don't know. Fifth overall. Really? Do you know who the second pick was? You're I never going to get it. David, I don't. David Greenwood, who played at UCLA, and he was drafted by the Bulls. So uh, Bill Cartwright, ironically enough, was third. Greg Kessler, Magic Johnson's teammate at Michigan State, was fourth. And Sidney Moncrief was fifth. Uh, some other notable players here. Vinny Johnson was drafted seventh uh, by the Seattle Supersonics. Jim Paxson uh, was drafted twelfth. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm kind of scrolling down. Uh, not the first two rounds were not very good. Although Paul Mokeski was drafted in the second round. Um, I wish I had a mustache like Paul Mokeski. Not really. Uh, Bill Lane Beer was drafted in the third round by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, last but certainly not least, you remember Mark Eaton? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that played for the Utah Jazz. He was drafted in the fifth round that year. So back when the NBA had more than two rounds for the NBA draft. So um, greatest concept I want to steal, I want to be able to throw a temper tantrum like Jerry West. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a good one. Oh, you know, (laughs) I want to be able to be able to interpret foreign languages like Josh Siski, and I want to be able to throw a temper tantrum like Jerry West. (laughs) Yeah. Now there's only there's only six people in the world. Really good talents. What's that? Those are two really good talents. <laughs> well, there's only six people that get that joke about Siski, yeah. but I don't care. They're laughing really hard right now, and I yeah. don't care. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I never realized Jerry West was such a hothead. Uh, I knew obviously he was an intense competitor, and I knew, uh, like, well, like when Durant was was being recruited to go to uh, the Warriors, and 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 Jerry West was a consultant for the Warriors, and one of the things that he told Kevin Durant was, I'm still haunted today by not winning more championships uh, than what I won. And and that was a big reason why Kevin, that was kind of the, the thing that 
pushed Kevin Durant over the top to, to signing with the Warriors was Jerry West telling him that, that, that you'll be haunted if you don't go out and hunt championships and be a champion. And um, so, you know, he's, he's had some uh, mental health issues throughout his life. He's been very public saying, you know, he suffered with some, with some depression and some anxiety and things like that. Uh, but, you know, if that's the way he was at times holy cow you know that was yeah you know i never knew i mean yeah like like we said like when you're jerry or, i mean you see jerry west and he seems always laid back and calm cool collected and mm-hmm. like to see the way he was was if that's all true to form i was that was kind of shocking to see yeah yeah it was yeah it was so um so overall grade for this episode, um, I've got my grade down. Uh, Casey, I'll give you the opportunity to go first. What What is your overall grade for episode one, entitled "The Swan," and uh, that kind of took on dual meaning? Because when I saw the Swan, I thought they were talking about Irvin and being, you know, the the beautiful, uh, you know, the chosen one type of thing. Uh, but then it had uh, a different meaning at the at the end of the episode when it came to the negotiations. So uh, your grade A through F for episode one of Winning Time. I've got it like a low B, high C right in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was kind of disappointed. I want to see more basketball. Um, but I did. I got what they were coming from, and I, and I liked seeing the storyline of how mm-hmm. Dr. Buss got involved with um, how he got involved with buying the Lakers and all the money issues and all that stuff. I liked that. That was nice to see and good to see mm-hmm. uh, and learn about because I didn't know much about that. Um, and then kind of the storyline of Magic ready to go to L.A., then like backing away from it and then kind of getting coaxed into be- saying, okay, I'm ready to be an NBA player. Um, I kind of like that storyline from start to finish, though. Um, but like I said, basketball, I wish I would have seen more, a little more basketball um, and gotten more of the, and just seen a little bit more of that. But I understand where they're coming from, though. They had to work the storyline in first. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jerry Buss was the the leader of, of this episode, and, and I had it at a B-minus as well. Um, and it's just, you know, they're just laying a bunch of groundwork. They're throwing a bunch of stuff out there. You know, uh, we know, obviously, that Magic ends up marrying Cookie. We know that Norm Nixon eventually gets traded away from the Lakers. Uh, we knew that Jerry Buss, you know, was going to buy the Lakers, and, and he was going to bring a much different vibe than Jack Kent Cook brought to the franchise and all that. So uh, I, I'm like you. I was hoping for a little bit more, a little bit more of the basketball side of things. Um, I think it's, I think that part of it's going to get better. I think they're going to get into more of the basketball nerd stuff that I think that you and I are both looking for out of this and have been anxious to see. Um, so I gave it a B minus as well. So I think we're right in line with that. So, um, yeah, but I, you know, a lot of times you just gotta, you know, that, that, that pilot episode, you know, you just gotta lay the groundwork from everything and then you, then you let it take off from there. Yep. Yep. So, well, this was 
this was fun. I, I had fun talking about this. Uh, you know, it's 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 different from from what we normally do on a pen and a napkin, but I just thought it was a, a cool thing to to talk about. And uh, you know, we'll watch episode two next week, and we'll throw it out there. And uh, you know, we'll just kind of keep going through this here, and and, and uh, let us know what you think, folks, uh, about uh, winning time here. Uh, our our post episode uh breakdown so casey thanks so much for for coming on here and, and talking about this for the last 45 minutes or so yeah it was fun yeah well ready for i'm kind of i'm i kind of wish it was like when uh they had the last dance on you got to see a couple weekends uh or a couple episodes a week i was kind of hoping to see another one tonight yeah yeah well and drag it out you know uh keep it up for the rate you know it'll probably wrap up right in the middle of the playoffs and and you know yeah, they they know what they're doing. Those are people that they make more money than us. They they know what they're doing. So that's for sure. Yeah. So well, hey, keep your voice fresh here. Uh, I, I'm you know probably gonna have you on a couple more times this week with some roundtables and stuff down at the down at the state tournament. So looking forward to hanging out with you for two or three days here this week. Sounds good. I'm I'm ready for it. All right. Well, should be a good time. And and like this podcast here, uh, we had a good time recording this. I hope uh, folks had a good time listening to it. Uh, I, you know, I think this I think this show is going to take off here. Like I said, a lot of groundwork that needed to be laid. Uh, you got Siskel and Ebert, and you've got Hall and Plum, and uh, we both gave it a B minus. <laughs> so uh, great minds think alike, and uh, that's what we came up here with this episode. So I hope everybody enjoyed uh, this little change up from our usual format uh enjoy winning time on each